when a Halloween came about, that was it. It was like, right, uh, get the bin liners out, stick a mask on, hope for the best. Get a bin liner out and put a mask on. Yeah. Are you robbing a bank as a child? Yeah. Like, no, you know, that's uh, you, when when I was growing up, we couldn't afford like things of that nature. So you robbed like, banks? No. <laughs> well, you, you get you get a bin liner, you get some, uh, you put a head hole in, you put armholes in, you stick a mask on, and you go as as what, Chris? <laughs> like a ghost or a witch or some black bin bag yeah. ghost? Yeah. Do you, did you not do that? <laughs> or was my family so uninventive and poor? <laughs> oh, this doesn't relate to Halloween, but I was a kangaroo in a Christmas play once. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three hot and bothered gentlemen review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. We uh, deconstruct them, we talk about them, we review them, and we generally just have a laugh. Now, up until this point, we've had four episodes. Naturally, we move on to the fifth one, which is entitled A Halloween Story. But before we go into that, just a bit of a general courteous conversation. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm alright. It would help if you were a bit more enthusiastic <laughs> and chatty. After all, this is a product where people are using their spare time to listen to people, oh, to people talk. Oh, it's not very uh, fair if none of us talk. Ask me the question again. Okay, question so, again. before we kick off, we might as well go into a bit of a Curtis conversation to get going. So, Chris, how are you? I'm alright. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's a glorious day outside. I am having the time of my life. We have watched Sabrina... And to be perfectly honest with you, Phil, I'm just enjoying yours and Graham's company. Oh, thank you very Aww. much, mate. Uh, the same can't be said for me, but uh, for Graham, uh, <laughs> how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm Chipper. Chipper, no. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, so don't have a go at him when he just says Chipper. So we are watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Now, we are up to episode five. So uh, before we get going, um, this might be worth doing a synopsis of the episode. So in this one, uh, Sabrina, Hilda and Zelda celebrate Halloween with their family. Whilst a clone of Sabrina, a clone, that's right, enjoys Harvey's Halloween party. Hmm, and hilarity ensues, as we promised. So, boys, did we enjoy this episode, episode five? Damn, Skippy. Yeah, to yeah to to, um, to quite an extent, I didn't not enjoy it. I'd say it's most sort of pedestrian so far, but yeah. it had its moments. Yeah, it, it wasn't a laugh out loud episode. No. It was episodes with more exploring, like the social hierarchy of the witches. I guess. Yes. Yes. It it was an episode with an important stop. Um, not necessarily story to it, but only a point yeah. to it, really, as it's entitled A Halloween Story, so, you know, no prices for guessing that it's based on a parody of, like, a Christmas story. Yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it's it's an American series, there's, like, 20 episodes a season, there's going to be some in there yeah. that aren't as funny as the others. It's yes. just the way of life. So... Before the theme, the episode opens with Hilda and Zella are celebrating Halloween. It's the most wonderful time of the year for them, at least. For witches, yeah. As it's very clear, they are singing Halloween carols, they say, because Halloween is their Christmas. Naturally, with them being witches and things like things of the night and spooky things, so it makes sense that, that Halloween is a special time for them. Um, Do they celebrate Christmas, being as it is that they are not Christians? Well, yes. I mean, when you really think about it, um, Christmas is only in uh, the 25th of December, as it was originally a pagan holiday. So Ah, uh, yeah, so they probably celebrate the pagan holiday, yeah. Yeah. 
Plus, I would have thought knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, they're celebrating Halloween, or the you know they're singing Halloween carols. Of course, just changing the words of popular. Uh, Christmas hymns and carols with uh, Halloween references. Uh, Sabina says she's going to school in a costume, wearing just a simple pair of red glasses. Um, she's, of course, of course, I've written here, uh, Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah, veteran uh, American uh, talk show host. Yes. Yeah, it was at this point that it went over my head. So yeah. uh... They say her costume is crap. She invites them to do better, and as I say, they turn her into the real SJR. Think, and she says some witty repartee about... A talk show kind of things, and yeah, the theme starts. Did Sabrina then go to school as Sally Jesse Raphael, like as a middle-aged woman? Because that would have freaked a lot of people out. That would, that would have freaked everybody out. I yeah. was going to say it's like that's a that's a cracking costume. Yeah, I yeah. mean, unfortunately, the episode does then happen in school where she's in her own garb. But yeah. it's yeah, it's it, I think I think the whole episode where she was Sally Jesse Raphael in school, but got on with it, I think would have been. A nice alternative cut of it. Um, But as I say, we're in school. The theme has started as as we are. What was she dressed as this one? uh, It was um, a a Western brothel girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I for, for lack of a better word, yeah, that she was a Western brothel girl. Certainly, yeah, certainly a a saloon um, like barmaid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of just. does my butt look big in this? Because obviously she got the big sort of, I don't know what they call it, but like where the dress sort of like sticks out. Yeah, uh, this is where three guys commenting on female fashion from the past sort of falls down. Yeah. yeah. A hunch butt, I guess, is a... The hunch, yeah, maybe. Um, but if you know, The hunch please. butt of Notre Dame! What? No, too no, far. Doesn't no, too right. far. No. No. Okay. Well, I think you saying she looked like a brothel girl is probably the most deleted thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in school, um, and yeah, so Harvey invites Sabrina to his family's Halloween party. It's something he does all the time. He, he has a bit of complaining in his voice and stuff, and Sabrina says, oh, I guess, you know, it's upsetting when they take you on skiing holidays and stuff. It's just show that clearly his family's a bit wealthy, a bit well off. We'll see his house a little later on in the episode. Um, so we're at, um, yeah, we're in school. He invites him to a family's Halloween party, which his dad hosts every year because for this sole reason, not because he's necessarily so into Halloween, but because he buys loads of discount snack food and it must be eaten by November. <laughs> Sabrina then says, uh, oh, I guess that's why the invitation says all food must go by midnight. (laughs) Harvey's dad buys all this food in bulk that goes off. Harvey thinks it's all right to bring people around and encourage them to eat it. He makes a few references that the food isn't all up to that um, later at the party. So it's a bit of a dangerous party. It's kind of like a suicide party in a way, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a bit like Jonestown. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's bringing all these people round to eat their food. But it's Halloween, so it's a time for having uh, fun. Harvey says he wants to go dressed as James Dean. He just needs, I guess, the white T-shirt, jeans and a windshield to paint his face with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy James Dean crashed into who was completely unharmed was called Mr. Turnip Speed. <laughs> That's that's a fact. Just thought I'd share with you. Anyway, um, so can, I, can you say that? What the, about Mr. Turnip speech? No, about. <laughs> I'm sure he's okay. People knowing that he's completely fine. He might sound like a vegetable, but he didn't become one. He, he, yeah, exactly. With poor old Jimmy, did. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, it was 1950-something. Yeah. It's fine. Sorry. Years have gone by. Yeah, years yeah. have gone by. Saying that, though, this brings on to a feature that we started in the last episode called That's So 90s! 
Come on, guys, we repeated it last time. Oh, right, yeah. That's so 90s. That's so 90s. That is so 90s. And what is the thing that is so 90s, Graham? It's a bit of a weird one, but bear with us. The revival of James Dean as a cultural icon that teenagers um, wanted to emulate. Obviously not his untimely demise, but his sort of, you know, his timeless sort of, you know, rebellious cool. Um, yeah, James Dean posters, um, t-shirts, and just generally sort of his fashion sense became in vogue again in the mid-90s. Um, we're jumping forward a bit here, but we'll see later at the party every single male at the party is dressed as James Dean, which is sort of like referencing the fact that like yeah, teenage boys idolizing idolizing James Dean and teenage girls fawning over James Dean even though he was long dead. I mean how how many years ago had he died before this day before in the nineties? He had been dead by this point over thirty five years. So he was yeah. long gone. And he's revival and everyone wants to be this uh, James Dean quoting lines from like Rebel Without a Cause and stuff. Yeah. It's just a very very peculiar thing where even though someone died you know, decades before he was revived, not literally. Um, although he could have been literally in this been, yeah. in this episode, um, but he just revived amongst teenagers. I mean, Chris, can any of you guys remember a particular costume that you were either really proud of dressing up as or really embarrassed at dressing? Um, I mean, are any of you guys sort of big I'm so costume dwellers? I'm so embarrassed by the idea of fancy dress and so exhausted by the fucking effort of buying props for a costume that I've pretty much never done it. <laughs> not even, not even as a young child, you sort of dressed up as. No, not really. No. No. Would you have gone as as Sabrina's effort of Sally Jesse Raphael of just putting something on your face and um, probably that would be too much for me. <laughs> see, <laughs> really, really. <clears throat> see, in my youth, it was when a Halloween came about. That was it. It was like, right, uh, get the bin liners out, stick a mask on, hope for the best. That was that was the costume. Get, get a bin liner out <laughs> and put a mask on. Yeah. Are you robbing a bank as a child? <laughs> yeah. No, you know that's uh, you, when when I was growing up, we couldn't afford like things of that nature. So you robbed point. banks? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you get you get a bin liner. You get some. Uh, you put a head hole in. You put armholes in. You stick a mask on. And you go as as what, Chris? <laughs> like a ghost or a witch or some black bin bag yeah. ghost. Yeah. Do you, did you not do that? <laughs> or was my family so uninventive and poor that we were No, the only I wouldn't say ones? uninventively poor. They <laughs> they believed ghosts were, were sort of black. <laughs> not necessarily bags. a ghost. It was like, okay, here's one for you then. Um we, I had the, you know, scream ghost face. Yep. Yeah, I had one of those black bin liner. That was the costume. <laughs> okay, we that's... could afford the mask. We couldn't afford the entire outfit. That's what I want about. <laughs> Did they sell the rest of the outfit, or was it just like I have a black no idea. Just, just a gown? Yeah, just you could right. use curtains. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, with my costumes, wise, I probably one of my favourite but most embarrassing costumes is only because my mum slaved away at so much to make it. I went. Oh, this doesn't relate to Halloween, but I was a kangaroo in a Christmas play once. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Christmas story revolving a kangaroo? I said, I want to be a kangaroo. And they said, Graham, there's no kangaroo nativity. I said, I want to be a kangaroo. And then my mum, right, she used an, um, the cushions from our old sofa, including a pouch, which was um, which had a zip on it. And I was a kangaroo in a uh, Christmas play. So that's the best and also most embarrassing costume I've ever worn. <laughs> Oh, that is oh that is God, nothing compared to what I was going to say. That's awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. I I I 
did anyone film this play? I'd like to review this. There's, there are photographs of me in the kangaroo costume. Yeah. We will, oh, we, amazing. We will, we will post them on Twitter. Yeah, we? yeah, yeah, we will. Well, so, so what, what involvement? I mean, were you just a kangaroo or did you have any there was just, lines or did you sort of I was, I jump was, around? I was literally in the background. There was a donkey, an ox and a kangaroo. <laughs> and I jumped up and down. It was great. That is so awesome. I mean, at the end of the day... the it, I, I have it in my head that it took place in a church as well, <laughs> not, not, not in school. I don't know whether that's correct. I'm fairly sure it was the church nativity. Oh, that is fantastic. Mm. I was just say that one of my costumes was, was my mum slaved away and I went as a wind-up doll once to a oh Halloween my. party. Oh, my. My mum made like a, like a cardboard and tinfoil key that stuck in my back. Yeah. I couldn't twist it round and stuff, but no. I could... Take it out, twist it, pretend I can wind it up, and then stick it back in my back. And I went with big rosy che- uh, cheeks. She made me a wig as well. Yeah. She knit. She like knitted me this awesome wig. Um, I just went out to walk round. I loved yeah. it because you know, being a, a sort of a young sort of performer, so I just liked doing all that and stuff. Did like, you master the mechanized movements? Because the listeners cannot see you pretending to walk like a uh, mechanical doll whilst sat on the sofa. Did you? No. Did you master those movements? No, well, they can't really master. Imagine necessarily you jumping up and down as a kangaroo while no, Jesus I, I, is born. I did say I was doing it though. <laughs> um, yeah. No, well, I just I just like to point out right now that we've got a kangaroo made out of sofa cushions. We've got a mum slaving away at a wind-up doll, including wig and rosy cheeks, ghost face in a bin bag. <laughs> wow! And yeah, that is a that is a nativity scene. We can uh, we we all know who had the most fun childhood here. Graham, it's <laughs> <laughs> a kangaroo at Christmas. I was just the most disruptive child who would not who would not dress up as anything other than what he wanted to dress up as, whether it was relevant to the was piece the, or not. Is that the only instance of it? I think so. Yeah, I think that that kangaroo existed for that one. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, I'd love to know if if there was a legacy that lived on that, that just because of you, kids and saw that and thought, when I, mommy, daddy, when I grow up. I want to be the kangaroo. Yeah, well, it's that was cl- quite clearly in, the inspiration from that um, Christmas nativity scene from Love Actually. Yeah. Where there was an octopus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You were the original the yeah. kangaroo. Richard Curtis is a hack. He stole it all from me. Um, <laughs> anyway, we've gone completely off topic, but it was very much worth it. So, going back to the point we were talking about, Harvey's dressed up as James Dean. <laughs> Uh, Sabrina says uh, she can't go to his party, uh, the Halloween party, in case you've forgotten what we're talking about, uh, because her aunts want her at home. But not necessarily at home, but they're celebrating Halloween in their own way and they want Sabrina to be part of it because Halloween is all about family. Um, Libby says she'll be coming, though, and can come over early um, to help her set up if needs be. Plus, I mean, before that, Harvey did ask Sabrina, like, before she... Uh, declined his offer. She said, uh, "He said, sorry. Um, you can always come round early and help me set up. You know, it was a bit of a uh, bit of a lone time. Well, that was. The, I think when Harvey asks that, that's more oh, yeah. innocent and sweet. Just yeah. like you can come round, we can hang out beforehand because they're friends. Libby then comes and says, yeah, I, I, got you, I got your invitation. I can always come round early if you want to.' And he's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, because he's innocent and she's a bitch. <laughs> she's um, a bitch. She's a bitch. So, um, yeah, so we've gone through the That's So 90s, talking about the extensive uh, chat about uh, Halloween costumes, which was 
fantastic. No, I mean, yours is Christmas related, but it's still very, very good. Um, so we're now off to the actual Halloween party. Not Harvey's, though. No, the one that takes place in the other realm. Sabrina is upset that she has to spend Halloween with Hilda and Zelda, but Zelda says, you're supposed to be disappointed because that's what Halloween's all about. It's spending time with your family. Again, yes. which is a thing people groan about about Christmas. Not necessarily as you get older, but definitely oh, when no. you're younger and no, a teenager. No, I'd, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say it never gets easier. Yeah, I still groan about spending time with my family at Christmas or and at any honest, point. I, I'd limit it to just just the day, just the day to spend time. And No, yeah. I, I tend to be ridiculously hammered on Christmas. Excellent. Yeah, I just hate it. Christmas, yeah. yeah. Let's um just lost all of its magic. Yeah. So Halloween, <laughs> um, Hilda, Zelda, other realm party, Sabrina, Phil. We're back on. So um, she Hilda, Hilda and Zelda make a big deal about Halloween, saying that you know it's a great time for family coming together, eating food, spending time, having drinks, whatever. Sabrina says, "Well, why why don't you just do that at Thanksgiving instead? Trying to find an excuse, a reason just to go to Harvey's party." Um, but no, Zelda says that they have to go. She insists it's a time where we see the family, and Halloween is so special. The importance of Halloween is not dressing up as superheroes or giving out sweets. Zelda gets very angry and defensive about that. It's in fact about spending time with family and remembering the dead. Yes. <clears throat> Halloween is serious business. It's serious business in this uh, realm. So she, that's what she says the true spit of Halloween is. Um, Sabrina and the rest of the family must catch up with them and it's clearly something they don't really enjoy doing. Even Zelda seems, she, even though she's up for it, she's encouraging them, there still seems to be a little lack of yeah. passion for it because it's at the end of the day. It's their family and we see the relationships with other members of their family. Um, Sabrina heads upstairs and Salem encourages Sabrina to use her magic to make a full body magic clone of herself because that's a spell that she can easily do however she struggled to turn apples into oranges. That was a long time ago, that was a full uh, five episodes ago. No, 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 it was an orange into an apple. An orange into an apple. And it was a pineapple. It was, that was it. So... There's been a lot of time that's gone through this, so yeah, maybe maybe she's a lot better, but she seems to do it with ease. Um, Salem makes a reference to William Shakespeare. Yes, uh, the spell which um, creates the um, clone is a double, double, toil and trouble from Macbeth. Mm. And then Salem just goes, yeah, Bill Shakespeare stole that one from us, he said. What a hack. What, what a, hack. a hack. That was a drama teacher, do you agree? That William Shakespeare was a hack. Yeah. Well, it depends on, entirely on which road you take, because some say that it was actually all of Marlowe's work and Shakespeare just took the credit. So, um, and plagiarism didn't really exist back then, <laughs> no. so it could have just been anybody. Yeah. 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 So it was a nice little gag there, to sort of thrown into it. So she says, "Oh, it's not really worked." Salem goes, "Step aside," which she does, and then magically she splits in half. And there we go. She's got her normal and clone her standing right next to her, looking but exactly the same. But there is one issue. The clone can only say three things. Three sentences. Oh, three sentences. They say three sentences to her, but Sabrina has to tell her what those are. She can act like her to a degree. She can look like her, especially. But no, they're only limited to three sentences. The like sentences. The sentences. Yeah, like like a Sabrina action figure. Do you reckon they exist? I bet they did. I don't know if they spoke, but I'm sure there were toys. We'll we'll, we'll delve deeper into yeah. this um, as we look at the. Um, success of the show over yep. the years but I'm fairly sure that yeah. was part of the merchandise line so the three sentences I'd love to that is so true Mr Poole can be so annoying and what could possibly go wrong with those three sentences exactly well 
We'll soon see. Sabrina dresses herself as the witch and takes her to the party, which completely fools Harvey. Of course it does, because Harvey is a bit stupid. Bless him. Bless him. So he fools him, uh, but not before Sabrina has any, a brief encounter with uh, Libby, who is dressed as Jackie O. And uh, Jacqueline Onassis, of course, uh, formerly Jacqueline Bouvier, formerly Jacqueline Kennedy, wife of JFK. I think a Jackie O Halloween costume would not be complete without her dead husband's brains spattered on her dress. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was definitely a part of that costume that was was missing. Um, wow. Oh. I think that that's what Harvey's costume is missing. Well, yeah, exactly. He had his face. I feel like there are the, the American kids are missing the point of Halloween. It's, yeah. It's about torture, turmoil, anger, aggression, and death. Yeah, that's Dressing not... up as someone else just doesn't yeah. quite cut it. Yeah, it's just somebody from the past who was cool. Yeah. 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 That's like me going dressed as Albert Einstein. Yeah. Mm. Very true. I mean, one thing I wanted to post you while we were watching about this, obviously save it for when we're chatting here, is Libby's choice of costume. I'm a bit on the fence. I don't know whether it's a costume that's true to her character or it's not quite what I expected. Yeah, she does say she wants to be a politician. She wants to be in the White House. And also, Jackie O, of course, was married to the President of the United States. She then married an oil billionaire. So she was clearly a lady with a thirst for power. So I think quite a fitting costume, really. Exactly, yeah. No, I think that's a good way to summarize it up. Yeah, and especially, you know, she does become a bit power mad and bitchy and stuff as it progresses. Yeah. So, yeah, no, very accurate, surprising outfit of choice. Better than Sabrina's stereotypical witch. Yeah. Even though, obviously... She is, and it is expected. Anyway, back home, Zelda is waiting to leave with the others. Salem is wearing a bow tie. Oh, just a slick cat that's been put a force a little bow tie around his little neck. Um, he says he feels like a stripper because he says he feels like a Chippendales cat, um, which is yeah. very, very a bit, bit of a a joke that would go over kids' heads, though. Yeah. Very, um, yeah. What, 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 what for us? Yeah. Yeah, but at the end of the day, in 1996, the internet wasn't exactly big, so if a kid decided to Google Chippendale, it would probably find the rescue rangers. Yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina is in an awful pink dress, but she does note that Granny always liked that dress that she's in, and Granny always told her how sweet she looked in it. Unlike most of the fashion in this show, it is supposed to be awful. Yes. Although, mm. different, differentiating between this and some of the stuff that's actually supposed to be trendy... It's quite is quite difficult. Quite an eye, please. Yeah. Um, Hilda rolls past them with a massive smile on her face, and she can't wait to go. However, her regular use of pass the potatoes, let's get this show on the road, and happy Halloween doesn't rub well with Zelda because lads, she's a double. Yes. She's made her own little cheeky double of herself, and as Salem predicted, that he said Hilda and Zelda will see right through it. Zelda sees right through it, and Hilda reluctantly then goes um, to the party. But before she goes in the linen closet, she morphs back into herself as a cool little uh, special effect where we yep. see yeah. the mould back together. Again, it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah for 1996. Yeah. It's cracking. Yeah, Seamless. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, so they both go into... Well, they all of them go into the party, with Zelda the only one seemingly looking forward to it. Um, they're at the party in the other realm. Which is in fucking space. Ladies and gentlemen, they are floating in space. Why? Okay. And again, it takes us back to the pilot when they said the other realm's 10,000 light years away. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they're in space. Close enough to see Earth. That is not 10,000 light years away. At best, they're on the moon. 
Um, at best. Unless they use their witch powers to make the Earth seem closer. We'll never yeah. know. But we, we thought about this. I think it was on the pilot. We think it had got exactly... When they mentioned it's 10,000 light years away, we think it how... How far away is it? Like, and we thought, are oh, they in space? And we were debating, thinking, oh, no, they're probably just in a, a realm that's, that's outside of time and space. But no, this party is in space. Yeah. What would happen if they opened the window? Oh, well, sure at the what, thought. Would, would the vacuum hit? Would they all get sucked off? Um, <laughs> no, that's the party I want to go to. Um, Penis humour. Um, <laughs> so, they're in space. <laughs> They're in space, which completely uh, baffled us, blew our brains. Um, they're looking over planet Earth. Gentlemen, grow up. I said the word penis. <laughs> yeah, but you then just blew up. So they're in the looking over planet Earth, and this is when we meet other members of the family. Not necessarily the Spellman family, but members of the family, and one that was mentioned previously called Cousin Marigold. Um, you got any facts about... Cousin Marigold? Well, the fact that she is played by Robin Riker, who was in a fair few sitcoms which nobody remembers from the 80s and 90s. Names like Shaky Ground, Brothers, and Thunder Alley. These days, she is still acting, usually only has one-off roles in um, a few... Things like CSI's, I guess. Yeah, I think uh, a few different series here and there, but yeah. Sort of, at this time, she was just coming off sort of a run as sort of a regular fixture in... in, um, Primetime sitcoms. Mm. And this is when we see our f- the first kind of weakness, I guess, of Hilda and Zelda. It's Hilda and Zelda are the only witch authority figures we've seen up until now. And they're, we're watching them, we feel quite... Uh, they're very authoritative. We, we respect them because they're like, well, these are witches. They're, and fair enough, we've seen the witches' council, but you, they're like a higher power. You just gloss over them. But Hilda and Zelda, they're kind of a bit put to shame in being ridiculed, I guess, by someone else who is a little above them in witchy social status, yeah. really. Um, and that's what the form of uh, Cousin Marigold is, uh, Robin Riker, <laughs> because she's very... What's the word? Very poncy, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's sort of pretentious and sort of she's all about her status. She flaunts the fact that she has a wealthy, successful husband and that they uh, holiday in the south of France, whereas meanwhile Hilda and Zelda... Yeah, sort of. Yeah, uh, I'd like to. I've got issue with that. Go on. Okay. You got an issue with the south of France? With her (laughs) frequenting the south of France. She's a witch. (laughs) Yes. They are currently in space. Yes. They have a whole other realm. Yes. She chooses the south of France. The other realm looks pretty shit, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) It's in space! All we've seen is space. Um. Drills like the witch council chamber. Which, yeah, which is just like floating in the sky. And then Drills office. I'm just saying... I'd take the south of France over. Yeah, but that's all we've seen. The other realm is quite... Well, when they were in the elevator, they were going up numbers, 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 numbers. So how many floors are there? Clearly, there must be somewhere else better than the south of France. Maybe. Maybe. Is Cannes in south of France? It is, yeah. Yeah, maybe she goes... She's a free... Cannes, Nice. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying... That if the other realm is so vast and powerful and 10,000 light years away, there has got to be somewhere better. I've, not that I've got issue with the South of France, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, it's, it, it's, I'm just generally sort of a little um, perplexed by the other realm. Nobody actually lives there, do they? Do they just go there for these, like, witch specific I don't know, it's a bit, too early, a bit too early to say, I yeah. think. It's, so far, we, it's just somewhere that's only visited. Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe we'll see in the future that's where people live, where 
in the context of, of the other realm where they live. But I mean, Drell, you assume, lives there, but then he's sort of we've above seen everybody. In the pilot, um, Ted and Edward, um, Sabrina's father, lives in the book, which yeah. is a part of the other realm. So, yeah. well, this will be for another po- another episode where we'll explore, no doubt, the other realm. But for now, yeah, a couple of questions that need answering. Anyway, so there, um, Cousin Marigold makes a reference to them to an, oh, you brought the cat, but no date. Again, um, I think, okay, that's a bit of a low blow. No, but that that's family gathering. Yeah. Like, yeah. every year. Every but, year, I get that. However, the low blow, I think, then comes the sucker punches afterwards when they say, oh, this must be Sabrina. Oh, your niece. Well... I guess it's kind of like a daughter. Ooh. That is horrid. Yeah, that is a horrible, horrible thing to say. Like you know, um, again, I mean, oh, I mean, she's obviously she's very proud of her horrible daughter, horrendous, um, horrendous daughter. Oh, yeah, that's a really horrible thing to say to family, even if you are being a bit of an uppity so and so. But that's yeah, <laughs> that's cheap because they do feel quite blown by that don't they seem a bit like mm, a bit I hate mean, by that at the end of the day as well I mean I know we've touched on this previously Hilda and Zelda are 600 years old they look like they're late 30s early 40s right yeah. that's what we've agreed upon at what age do witches go through the menopause and start being able to have kids who knows who because, knows because that could even solidify that point and it's even more brutal Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to know about the witch's menstrual cycle too. Yeah, I would. Um <laughs> so we find we meet Amanda who is Marigold's um daughter who um funnily is is very closely related to the family or specifically uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Uh yes, because um she is Emily Hart, the younger sister, 10 years younger to be precise of Melissa Joan Hart. Um quite a interesting figure really. I mean obviously here she was only a little girl. Um She's now 30 years old because this show was fucking ages ago. Um, she has a, a child of her own now. She occupies a similar space, albeit on a smaller scale, to Tom Hanks' brother, who... Uh... You could have said to Tom Hanks. <laughs> like... Not to Tom Hanks himself, but to... Oh, yeah. She, to Melissa, is like Tom Hanks' brother... Um... I'm afraid I don't know his name, but Tom Hanks' brother is to him. Well, that's the point. <laughs> where if you buy a Woody the Cowboy toy mm. or play like a Toy Story video game... The voice that you hear is not Tom Hanks. It's not some small-time actor who sounds a bit like him. It's actually Tom Hanks' brother. So right. he's getting a bit of revenue off of his brother's enormous success yeah. by the fact he sounds like him and he can sort of supply his voice to these sort of, you know. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing or if that's Tom Hanks being very kind to his younger brother. Well, it's, it's one of the so. things like, you know, if Tom Hanks is busy doing um, you know, films here and there and everywhere. He's not got enough time to supply his voice to the Toy Story Game Boy Advance game, has he? So Exactly. And Emily Hart, I don't know what her day job is, but she has very few film credits or very few, you know, sort of acting sort of performance credits of any kind. They nearly all relate to things Melissa has done. Yeah. Uh, for instance, she voiced Sabrina in the animated series. Oh, really? Which ran in 1999 and 2000. Um, she was in a short film called Mute in 2005, which was Melissa's directorial beg your pardon, debut. Wow. The most recent thing she did, and this interested me a lot, was last year she voiced an audiobook which was called Clarissa, Things I Can't Explain, which depicted Clarissa as an adult. Wow! So, yeah, her short and limited acting career has been entirely based around the work of her sister. Well, yeah. talk about living in someone's shadow. Yeah. yeah. But she, no, it's, it's got some good... I mean, she might not be necessarily... 
striving to be this star on her own. She might be very, very happy with what she's, yeah. she's doing. I know Tom Hanks' brother, in particular, is probably very grateful for all the work that he yeah. does. Yeah. Uh, we then see sort of Salem's sort of counterpart in the family, um, who is another cat uh, called Milady. Um, uh, we don't know if she too had attempted world domination no. or why yeah, she's a that's... cat, or if it's just a talking cat, or is she Milady from uh, the Three Musketeers? Or potentially, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so it's very strange. It's, yeah, because what we see is we see that there is another cat there who talks, um, gets very drunk as well, which is um, on catnip. Funny, on catnip. On yeah. catnip. Um, but yeah, no, we just posed the question: Is this another cat with uh, global domination on their mind? Is that the is that the punishment for anyone who acts in? I mean, we don't know what Salem did. Oh, it was a spin-off I would like to see, but uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, so there is this cat anyway, my lady who um, just exchanges a few courteous words, albeit with a, a hint of sarcasm in. Um, of course, they've only got one animatronic cat, so it starts off with two cats, just with their nose stuck in this uh, plate of catnip, and then they just take turns in uh, putting uh, the bow tie on the robot to show it's Salem, and then a sort of diamond necklace on the other one to show that it's my lady. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I presume animatronic cats don't come cheap, and if she only appears in this one episode, it would not be it's worth fine, making yeah, another. Yeah. Unless he had a backup one in case. I know, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. There must have been at least one other Salem. It's definitely different to the one that was in the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. So why couldn't they just. I'm just. It's one of those things. They could have used pilot them. Salem. Yeah. To play my lady, because she's not featured very often. Yeah. yeah. Well. Um, so, yeah, so that is Amanda, who is uh, Marigold's daughter, her bitchy daughter, because she's very. Um, very rude, aggressive. petty, aggressive, uh, really narky for, for a 10-year-old girl, which that's sort of, sort of roughly her age, um, that she always gets her own way, and anyone who upsets or annoys her, uh, she shrinks into a tiny little jar and tortures her poor maths teacher by covering her fingers over the, his air holes. Yes. She, yeah, she is... Vindictive. Vindictive. She will be a cat one day, because yes. she's not being reined in at all, and she's already just using her magic to inflict... Suffering on many, many people. Sabrina got threatened with becoming a cat for messing with uh, the laws of physics. Yes. Mm-hmm. This child is torturing human beings. Yes. Whether they witch-related or mortal, it doesn't matter. You're still torturing them and has not once been threatened. Hang on a tick. She's ten. Yes. They get the powers when they're sixteen. Oh, well, wait. Whoa. Oh! We oh. just torn this up. Oh! Oh! Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. no. Okay. Maybe, maybe because she's a full breed. No. We assume. Maybe. She, does she get them. Well. Because she's definitely not 16. She's definitely not 16. But she's got her powers. Maybe Melissa Joan Hart's mum said, I've got another kid, I want her to have a part in the show, and they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably what happened. Yeah. Um, let's, let's leave it at that. that. That's, that's yeah. a. Uh, that Someone, is... I need a whiteboard to figure this out. <laughs> so yeah, hmm, very interesting question. But that is going completely off topic. But still, something worth thinking about. Yeah, mm. a, a major, a major hole yeah. there. I, I don't think there is a explanation beyond. What and the thing is, as well, is obviously Hilda and Zelda are all about being discreet with their magic and stuff. But she's blatantly just shrunk a human, a mortal, into this jar. He's pleading for his life, and she's just not bothered. Or no one seems to be bothered about the consequences. No, that's. It's yeah. It's all. It's all both in terms of the fact that somebody so young has magic powers, and also that people seem so indifferent to the horrible things mm. she's doing is kind of inconsistent with the which, the uh, witching world as it's been um, established to us yeah. in 
the episode so far. I kind of just generally didn't feel that the sort of the Amanda character really added anything really. It's no, kind of like, just she kind of like seemed like a creation from a lazier sitcom. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, we leave that party and on to uh, Harvey's one, where it appears that again, as Graham said earlier, every bloke is dressed as James Dean, yes. complete with the uh, the jeans, the t-shirt, and the jackets. Everyone's all seemingly having a good time. Uh, let's not forget they're all leaning on something. They're yes. all leaning on things. Yes, as uh, that's. A- a crucial part of the costume is leaning and being really cool. Uh, Sabrina clone keeps following Libby around. That's what Sabrina told her. Just stop Libby getting too close to Harvey. So she follows around. Uh, but Libby is getting really annoyed by Sabrina just following around and hovering around her. Um, she says, um, you know what, you're... I can't remember the exact words she says, but she says, you can, you're really annoying or something, or really... Um, you, oh no! Yeah, you're you, too you're too much of a goody two shoes," she says, and she goes, "That is so true." Obviously, one of her sentences, and she goes, "Oh, well, at least you admit it. I ju- it would just be great if you were a little bit mean and yeah. a bit or a bit cooler if you made fun of people." Yeah. To which she says, "Mr. Pool can be so annoying." So another one of her sentences, and Libby starts bonding with this sort of robotic clone Sabrina, um, which is very strange. But uh, yeah, she's bonding with her over two things. She says that kind of agree with her. Yeah, I don't which know. just shows that Libby wants to surround herself with yes men. Yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> anyway, Amanda goes through a list of people that have put her in the jar. This is going back to the uh, other round party. Salem and Milady are getting into their catnip, with Milady kind of getting a bit sozzled. Um, and then we go back to the other party. We've kind of had a brief tour of the awful times everybody's having. Marigold is now boasting about her marriage and questions why the ladies haven't tied the knot yet. She's very sort of, she's showing them pictures of their honeymoon, saying, oh, if you've got a honeymoon everywhere, then it's the South of France you need to go, which Chris has a massive problem with. Yep. Um, they explain that uh, Hilda won't settle for any loser that she keeps dating, because unfortunately, not necessarily a her own fault she keeps attracting losers and she's not settling for any of them no. saying that though I'm sure if she said I was engaged to the head of the fucking witches <laughs> council then that's pretty like even if he is a massive creep this guy's like the king of witches yeah. like, <laughs> but still that doesn't come to mind um, she's not going to settle for someone or some loser Zelda um, she prefers the romance that's all in her head Really, that she's she'd much rather she escapes into books. Yeah, she'd much rather just create the love in her head and with the books and writing things, which is fair enough. She's she's happy with that decision. It's not a criticism. It's it's an honest sisterly observation. Yeah, Um, it shows that as much as they disagree, they do really love and understand each other. Yeah, I like like that scene. Yeah, Um, and Sabrina then appears to have been shrunken into a jar um, because um, she didn't want to colour in or something, or she wanted a hair braiding. Yeah, it was colouring in. Yeah, so just again by Amanda just being this horrible spoiled brat, uh, a dangerous one at that. Back at Harvey's party, uh, Libby and Sabrina are getting on like a house on fire, but unfortunately the party is dying. They've had to turn the music down because cops are coming, the onion dip is bubbling, the pretzels are overspilling, no one's eating the off food. Um, Harvey even sort of admits that the food, the sell-by date or the use-by date is a lot more precise in some things that they are. Yeah. So he's gradually boring and poisoning all of his friends. Um, Libby says something wild needs to happen. I don't know, like streaking? Now, before we carry on, let's bring up the topic of streaking. It was something that, I guess, kids did. I never streaked, but I know... I've done it. I know people, um, 
were encouraging me to do it and didn't do it in the end maybe because I'm a massive buzzkill or because I've got pride and we didn't want to go out and streak but that's fine for all these parties but if this is a programme about a 16 year old girl I know we don't see anything is streaking really the worst thing in the world? no it's not that's not the point Graham I was, I was fine with it. I mean, as you say, you don't. Oh no, I know. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't offended. By it. I wasn't like, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> oh, the humanity. But it was more like it was just like, oh, it's, it was just a questionable thing. Yeah, really. and is, yeah. The, is that what sixteen-year-olds do? I don't remember that even being a, a question when I was sixteen. It's, it's the fact that it comes first to mind. Something wild needs to happen. I know. Why doesn't somebody streak? But it's kind of. It's also because though. Again, it's sort of Libby being a bully and being who she is, even though she has bonded with Sabrina or this this version of Sabrina that only says uh, three things. She kind of still wants to humiliate her. Yeah. Um, and she sees herself as again sort of a politician, somebody with sort of influence. So like, if I if I tell somebody mm. to streak, they'll bloody do it because I'm because I am who I am. Yeah. So yeah, I think it just sort of sort of a, a manifestation of that. I mean, yeah, probably not a hundred percent. Accurate, maybe, yeah. but as we've said many times before, this is a sitcom about witches. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. Harvey hears about this, and Harvey doesn't like the idea of no. Sabrina going streaking, which is just good. It shows the which actually I mean, shows even the maturity of yeah, Harvey yeah. because he's about to see a naked girl and, and a girl he really likes at that, yeah, and a yeah. girl that he really likes. Up until this point, obviously the internet, but not being what the internet is now, the closest he's. Be- Come to that is finding his dad's porn stash, probably. Mm. And he, and there's an opportunity here at a party of all places where everyone's having fun to see a girl, a very attractive girl at that, sort of streaking. It, most boys would be like, "Yeah, woo, awesome," but yeah, he doesn't want her to do that. He he really sort of insists it shows, against it. It he, shows he is the dim-witted jock with the heart of gold. Yeah, and, and then that's, he actually and we'll say, say that a lot. We've already said it a lot. Yeah, no, no. and More also he actually episode. feels for Sabrina, and he'd feel bad for her if she sort of humiliated herself in that mm. way, in a way that's clearly been just because Libby is Libby, and she sort of put pressure on her to do yeah. it. So yeah, good, good on you, Harvey. Yeah, yeah. which so, again we always say. Yeah, but upset by that, he storms out, uh, being all cool and moody and quoting Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Uh, back in the other realm again at the party, the cats are wrecked. Well, at least my lady is, and everyone is ultimately having a terrible time. It's gift-giving time, though, and um, Amanda getting uh, being a spoilt brat gets a solid gold doll. Ooh, she's not really appreciative of it, though. And Sabrina gets a gift card. Uh, not just anyone, though. She's allowed to spend 30 minutes with the deceased of her choice. Indeed. But she can only uh, use it today because on Halloween's, Hallow's Eve, the accurate term, is, uh, that's when the portal between the... Well, outer realm and the real realm, so the li- we, yeah, yeah the, the living and the living, the living and dead, yeah. Dead, yeah. Dead, yeah. So, the, so the dead can come alive. So, before we crack on, guys, if you could spend thirty minutes with anyone from the dead, a celebrity, say, is fun. Any ideas who you'd spend thirty well, minutes I've with? Well, I've got a few questions about that. I say celebrity because Sabrina says, "Oh, I want to get to Harvey's party because I really want to see him dressed as James Dean." They then say, "Why not meet the real James Dean?" Yeah, this this is my question, right? So. I'd love to spend 30 minutes with Audrey Hepburn, but is it Audrey Hepburn when she died, or is it Audrey Hepburn <sighs> in a prime? I think it's... It, it's whatever you want them to be. Yeah, I think it's it's who you remember them as, because... You don't remember Audrey Hepburn as your person. No, but, but is it how you see them as. Like, Sabrina yeah. um, brings back her granny. Yeah. But Sabrina brings back her granny as she 
remembered her granny. Yeah, being. she's not, she's, she's not she's very health. She's an older lady, but she's very very healthy and you know sort of bright looking. Probably yeah. how Sabrina wants to remember so her. So I guess if you remembered <clears throat> Audrey Hepburn in whatever form in Breakfast at Tiffany's, the UK number one single at the time this episode aired. <laughs> yes, Doctor nice. Smith. Um, um, <laughs> then that's that's what you would see. Then thirty minutes with Audrey Hepburn because I could do a lot in thirty minutes. Excellent. Um, Graham, what um, about you? Any ideas? Don't know. Uh, probably just uh, bring back Jim Morrison and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Jim Morrison was a prick. Someone I would like. It's taking me a while to think about it, but I think someone I would like to spend a bit of time with. I think I'd love to be in a room with I don't know someone like with a massive presence like Freddie. Oh, Mo- you were going to say something else then? <laughs> <laughs> like a massive. Oh, presence. Um, like someone like Freddie Mercury, I think, would yeah. be Yeah, there cool. we go. There we go. We finally got somewhere. Um, yeah, I think it'd just be great just to... I think I'd just want him just to sing at me for 30 minutes, and that's all I'd want to just yeah. spend it with. Just That'd be cool. And kind of like, in, in a in a very serious manner, just find out what it was like him um, sort of growing up, being this idolised, like, worshipped gay man in a sort of a, a world which didn't appreciate that yeah. sort of thing so that would be you know that'd be a very interesting sort yeah. of 30 minutes but yeah i think it would just it would just be 30 seconds of just oh yeah nice to meet you now sing, sing bitch <laughs> sing for me i think that'd be great um yes yeah, freddie for me so hilda and zelda take her to it takes sabrina that is to the the room where she can redeem her voucher so she writes on it she thinks she's going to write james dean but she changes it and says, oh, I've got someone better. She puts it through the letterbox. She then goes, the light's dim uh, in this sort of magical room that's got picture frames, but no pictures. Yeah, but I've got issue with that. Strange. Why? Why? Um, anyway, it dings. Who comes out? But it's Granny. Yeah. Um, that, 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 Sabrina's that's it. That's the fanfare. Yeah. It's, it's Granny. Um, who's uh, So who's Granny played by? Um, Granny's played by a lady named Diane McBain. McBain. Um, she really sort of, I mean, obviously sort of an, an older lady. Um, not that old here, actually, only in her 50s. Um, but, uh, yeah, she she was in uh, the um, early 1960s series called Surfside 6, and she was also a leading lady opposite Elvis Presley in a film called Spin Out from uh, oh, wow. later that decade. Um, but this is clearly, this is the Granny from... Mum's side of the family. So, not a witch. No, not a witch, because Sabrina says, I've got something to tell you, Granny. It sounds a bit weird, but bear with me. I'm a witch. And she says, well, as Are long you as you're happy, as long as you're happy, which is kind of a bit... She's coming out to a nan, in a way, as <laughs> a bit, being yeah. a witch. And that was, the kind yeah. of, that was the kind of response she got. Oh, well, as long as you're happy. Maybe, maybe that is the context she's taking it in. Yeah. No, so, I'm going to say, if Granny was dead, yes. and then Granny comes through the door... See Sabrina on the sofa, that hug. Everybody laughs. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, yeah. They, they cut to a weird bit of laughter, like they hug, and you just hear a very faint, ah, like <laughs> it's been left in. Does Granny not realise that she was dead and now is not dead? I guess and it, it must didn't be really... really put the two together. Yeah, it's strange that. I guess you again, sort of, sort of taking sort of artistic license. You're supposed to sort of. I guess the conditions of the realm are that they are just sort of themselves as they were in life and sort yeah. of just pleased to see you and maybe she gets a pep talk before she comes through the door like yeah, you're going to go out there you're going to meet you're going to meet your uh, granddaughter get her shoulders rubbed go on, yeah. go on oh, just get out there just go get, go get a chair <laughs> um, <laughs> Granny pops out she makes sort of Sabrina feel 
more happy. I think she's because she doesn't have that connection with her mum's side of the family anymore, particularly yeah. with her granny with her being dead. So it's nice that she's been reassured by someone she yeah. adored. Um, to tell her that everything is all right. Her granny asks her about, you seeing any boys? And how school? You're doing well? You know, so she's just getting the nice reassuring pep talk. So it was a yeah. nice way. Standard, standard grandparent talk. Yeah. So it was a nice sort of way to spend her 30 minutes. She heads back into the party room and says, thank you so much for the gift. It was wonderful. After gift sharing and more boasting from Marigold, um, Salem tells Hilda and Zelda that Milady, the other cat, has been, while she's been sozzled, has been spurting out loads of truths. And apparently Marigold and her husband, Harold, are getting a divorce. And all those pictures that they were sharing in the south of France, it was a cardboard cutout she was taking with her. Not magic. Not magic. (laughs) A cardboard cutout. Surely she could just magic her husband, just a likeness of her husband or a picture of her husband. We can Photoshop now. Why couldn't they use magic then? I mean, come on. But she took Um, a a cardboard cutout around her, which... I think that's weirder. Yeah, I... God, she must have got so many stares. Yeah. I mean, I know France is a strange place, but that that would have been <laughs> yeah. that would have been but too this strange. This is even what for I'm them. saying. This is what. Why didn't they go to somewhere in the other realm where that might have not been as weird? Why did she just magic him into the pictures? Mm. Carvel cut out would have looked really fucking shit. Like you would have just been like, "Oh, here's his in the South France. Um, that's a carvel cut out. Why is why is his face so pixelated? <laughs> <laughs> Why has he got folds? <laughs> Why has the corner of him been gnawed <laughs> Why is he sagging in the rain? <laughs> oh no, it looks like he's almost falling over. Was there a strong gust? <laughs> Was he drunk? No, just a strong gust. So yeah, so she's disgusted, she's ashamed, she's embarrassed. But this is like Hilda and Zelda get a, a leg up on Marigold, who spent the whole evening sort of boasting about her husband. Turns out it's a load of crap, and so yeah, the party's got better. They all ultimately enjoy themselves. We're back at Harvey's party, and Libby and Sabrina are tight, and they promise all the boys at the party that soon they'll be seeing a full moon. <laughs> Referring to bum. Uh, Sabrina's a bum, yeah. Oh wait, hang on a sec. Was was that an in innuendo? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah, nice one. There we go. The, the, a bit for cheeky. Yeah, the t- ah, <laughs> bit of blue, bit of blue for the dads. Bit of blue. <laughs> yeah, bit, 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 very tame innuendo, but an innuendo nonetheless in, yeah. in our teen sitcom. Excellent. So they, uh, so Sabrina then strips, and Libby tells her just to go mad. Anyway, before we see all this, we're back at the Spellman's house, and um, Salem reminds Sabrina that though she's not fussed about Harvey's party anymore because she's settled on looking at pictures and letters off her granny, um, she's still got a double running round, you think? So she seems uh, like she's ready to streak this uh, clone. So Sabrina rushes over to the party, not knowing that fact, of course, uh, enters the party just as Sabrina oh, the clone wait. runs off. Yeah, but as she's entering the party, she realises, wait, I'm already here, and then puts her mask on. She does. She puts a mask on, which she didn't go into. It's a bit strange. But she goes into the party just as Sabrina then runs past the um, uh, the, window. the bay windows. Um, everyone's like, oh, my God, look at that. Sabrina streaking. Harvey being the only one who's not cheering. Because, again, he's, he's, he's upset for Sabrina. He's he not even watching. He's not even watching. He wants to wait until he see until he earns the right to see that. Yeah, yeah. what a gentleman! What, what, what a gent! Yeah. He wants to take her clothes off himself. Exactly. <laughs> what a gentleman! What a um. gentleman! <laughs> um, so he runs past, and Harvey says, "Like, oh my god, I can't believe Sabrina did that." Sabrina, being none the wiser, says, "Oh, what do you mean? I'm right here." 
And he's like, oh, Sabrina. Well, who was that then? And Sabrina says, oh, it must have been Libby. She's not here right now. No, she's not here, is she? Because she's obviously gone to sort her out afterwards. Harvey goes, hey, boys, hey, guys, even. Uh, that wasn't Sabrina streaking. That was Libby. And they're like, oh, my God. Libby then happens to come in and goes, ah, did you enjoy that? Wasn't that great? And we're like, yeah, we saw your butt. <laughs> yeah. They're going, oh, my God, it was you that streaked. And Libby being quite um, offended and like, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. And Sabrina's like, I've been here all that time. What are you on about? And then they're all like, we saw your butt. <laughs> Front or back, we couldn't define, but we. <laughs> but uh, the boys get the rocks off. She gets embarrassed. Libby leaves, and in the end, Sabrina and Harvey, we assume, have a lovely uh, evening. And it's uh, she morphs with herself once again and enjoys the rest of the party. So that is the end of the episode. That is um, a Halloween story, boys. What did you think? How did it feel? compared to the other episodes we've watched so far. Um, as I said at the beginning, probably weaker, but again, as Chris pointed out, 20 episode series, they're not all going to be fantastic. And it still maintained, you know, sort of ev- most of the elements that have made it an enjoyable watch so far. Um, very much enjoyed sort of seeing, as, as you said, the um, the hierarchy of sort of which society that Hilda and Zelda, even though they sort of, because their only sort of comparisons are Sabrina who's new to the whole sort of um, life of a witch and Salem who's obviously pretty powerless because he's a cat <laughs> um, seeing them sort of coming up against other people from the, the witch world who they sort of feel inferior in comparison to but ultimately sort of sticking together and sticking up for each other I think it was a good episode sort of showing that even though they're kind of opposites in a way yeah. even though they have digs at each other they've got each other's back I thought that was nice so a good episode for character development not, not the best episode so far but by no means unwatchable yeah. uh, Chris do you agree disagree? I feel like it's it's solidified the, the other realm and the concept of witches into reality because it shows that they still have to cope with these packing orders mm. and where they stand and and how society potentially works, and then it's counterpoint with the other party, how the teenage hierarchy works. So it solidified it in yeah. in reality. And then, uh, as Graham said, yeah, it fleshed out a couple of the characters. Yeah, we've got a bit of a storyline. It was a bit flimsy, but with it being about Halloween, they could have and them being witches, it, they could have done so much more with it. Mm. And I know you don't want to like, for lack of a better phrase, blow your load on the first Halloween special, but you gotta gotta keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Particularly one of the points. I think it was a good episode that showed that witches can just be like us. Yeah. They go to shitty family gatherings. They're still like a belittle you, I guess, sort of yeah. uh, boasting about their life and sort of make you feel small. So it did make like these all powerful witches seem just as kind of weak as the mortals they keep referring yeah. to us too. But yeah, I think a real lack of magic. Yeah, I think. Um, so that's it, that's five episodes in the can. So Chris, uh, you have come to be known as the um, the rank master. I think that's your term. I like so, it. Uh, so how would you rate this uh, this episode? I'm going to give it four jack-o'-lanterns out of pumpkin. Mm. Okay, four jacks. Okay. Yeah. Four. Yeah, I like I said, it was solid, but it's not as good as we've seen. And I feel like... Four, it's three. Three's terrible. Three, two, one is terrible. Four is just about okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'd say six. 
sick as Jack O'Lanterns, I'd say. Yeah. Again, yes, that's the lowest mark we've given so far. So yeah, not not a disaster, but considering we've had such a hot start, I'd, yeah, I'd say this definitely was sort of a, a step down. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I'm going to I'm going to be that guy and go right down the middle. I'm going to give it five Jack So very, so we can all agree a very a watchable one, but very average. So we're moving on to episode six, and this um, I didn't think it would happen so soon, but this is the second episode I remember. Oh, oh dear. Unable to go to the school dance with Harvey, Zelda and Hilda bake her a dream date to take instead. I don't remember this, but I like the sound it of it. It is a very, um, very good episode, this one, so I'm very much looking forward to, to covering this one. It rings a bell for me. I, I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do uh, next. So that is episode six, entitled Dream Date. I've been Phil Dean. This has been Chris Evans. See you later. And this has been Graham Riley. Peace out. However you choose to listen to this show, whether it be via Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud or iTunes, if you could be so kind, please leave us a comment and a review. Your support and inspiration will give the show meaning, otherwise we're just broadcasting to no one. And that's just sad. Also, why not subscribe? Then as soon as every episode hits the air, you'll get it downloaded straight away. How easy and, dare I say, magical is that? If you head to our Twitter page, at SabrinaWatch, you'll find links to each of our episodes, as well as quotes, pics and skits of our favourite moments as the series progresses. Whichever realm you're from, thank you once again for listening, and I hope you tune back in next week.